ladies and gentlemen, this is, yes, you you read it right, you heard it right, Mosby is back, good, bad, or otherwise, we're going to find out together. This is the Mosby Learning Podcast, and it's episode 27 after a, a hiatus, and, and I don't know if it's the most restful hiatus we've ever had, but uh, it, it certainly was a break from the microphone here anyhow. My name is Dan Hurt, and I'm calling in from Mississauga, Ontario. And this is Eli Brandt calling in from America's High Five, the Mitten State, Michigan, baby. <laughs> this is Mark Vonderhorst calling in from Texas. Texas, yes. Yeah. A, a new voice, a new name on the podcast. Um, uh, Eli, I'm sorry, you're on the back burner right now. Mark Vonderhorst, how are you? <laughs> Not too doing shabby, right? doing well. Yeah, doing yeah. well, doing well. Thanks for having Good. me. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm excited to have you. So you and I, we go back uh, a couple years anyhow. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we lived very close together for a minute there, didn't we? Yeah, maybe too close for some people, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we lived close. It was nice. I <laughs> miss you, buddy. Three, miss you. About three doors away. Yeah, when yeah. Uh, when I was when I was living in Texas, I I moved into uh, as luck would have it uh, down mm-hmm. the street from uh, a guy that's almost better looking than me. It was very close, but um, <laughs> but uh, we we you know we quickly kind of struck uh, the the group of us. You know, uh, you your family and and me and my family struck mm-hmm. a pretty uh, pretty good friendship after a minute there and. Your line of work is, is of particular interest to me. What are the sort of things that uh, that you have done as a professional, or kind of what is what is your thing that you do? Well, I'm a, basically a creative director, uh, uh, kind of stressing more in the brand development for brands. Um, I worked uh, for the last fifteen or so years in the trade show uh, events, kind of face to face industry, um, which obviously has taken a little bit of a hit in uh, today's climate, but done all types of work for uh, different trade shows and uh, different corporations globally. It's been great. Uh, One of my things that I've done that I love the best is a trade show called CES, which is a consumer electronics show, which is kind of, I'm a tech geek, so kind of rings true to me, kind of, you know, close to the heart. I love it. So it was a good thing to do there. And but yeah, design, creative direction, brand marketing, all that type of good stuff is kind of what I'm, I'm I, I think to be good at. <laughs> I, I would wager. <laughs> of course, I'm certainly no no judge at this, but I mean that's one of the things that I really liked about uh, talking with you. Um, uh, even though your personality is overbearing, you're really mm-hmm. smart, <laughs> and and you know a lot of really cool stuff when it comes to design. And that's you know it's such a beautiful dovetail with the things that we do. Obviously, it's not. Um, I, I say we, uh, me and, and Eli and other folks in the uh, L and D, if I can use the uh, acronym, uh, in the L and D space, but. We can't create anything without having to layer in some level of design to it. And and I'm hoping to kind of pick your brain a little bit in a few minutes and, and look at what that is and what that uh, may, maybe some maybe some hints, some tips and tricks, if you will, um, mm-hmm. uh, about what, what sort of things we should consider. Uh, when we're when we're putting something together, when we're slapping some PowerPoint slides together. All right. Sure. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, get the show notes for this, I don't know how much there's going to be. There's only a couple articles we're going to cover tonight. But if you want to go to mosby.ca slash zero two seven, that is where you're going to find the notes for this. And the two articles that we have. Oh, if you want to if you want to send an email. I don't know if anybody's checking it. I'm, I'll have to get the password for this, but um, was it? I think it's Mosby Mosby Learning at, at gmail I think this uh, is the keyboard. I check this. Yeah, no kidding. Well, see, I never did that. I, I never did that part of it. That was uh, the other uh, the other fellow on the on the program oh, occasionally. Adam Costa. We're going to bring this now. up. We never found out exactly what Portland, USA. Uh, the oh. few folks in Portland are in, but let's just hope that building is still standing. That's a good point, man. Yeah, they're in rough, rough shape over there. Now, uh, Mark, I, I don't know how much you heard of the show before, but we did have, dang, I don't even have the guy's name here. We had a, we had a person in the Portland office that would occasionally check in on us, uh, just to, you know, maybe course correct some of our language, um, or, or prompt maybe an apology if it were required, if we happen to have offended Almost somebody. Like a governing body. Uh, so he would, he would. He really? Yeah, no, it was a governing, a governing sort of situation for podcasts. And you know, what's interesting is I have not heard 
the I've not heard the Portland office chime in on other podcasts. Mm. And I've listened to some that really push those sort of boundaries. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're not heated or if they're out of the jurisdiction. I don't know what the deal is there. But, yeah, I hope everybody in the, the Portland office is OK. Um, well, that kind of is maybe an appropriate segue. We usually do a social media update at the start of the show. And um, I don't have any social media updates because when the world fell apart about four months ago, I pretty much pulled out of uh, almost all social media, including LinkedIn, which was the only one that I really um, tried to you know, care about. Um, have you guys seen anything interesting or noteworthy from an either a design or a learning perspective on your various social media platforms? Uh, Eli, I'll, I'll start with you, maybe. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I have, I've been a recluse on social media as well. Um, not as much as you. But I'm, I'm I still mm. play around a little bit in Instagram um, due to Great Lakes Fly, but I've even taken a step back on that too. Um, mm. it just it's just it's just so overbearing right now, and uh, I'd rather keep my headspace right. You know, like it's uh, you just can't get away from stuff. Good so. mental hygiene. Yep, mental hygiene exactly. Yeah. And mental fitness. Yeah, people don't talk enough about that, but. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You um, so you mentioned Great Lake Fly. Yeah, just for a second, you want to share what that is again and maybe actually the where people can find information about that. Yeah, Great Lakes Fly is uh, my uh, second life, I guess. It's a uh, it's uh, a, I'm a fly t- fly fisherman, huge passion, fly tire. Uh, I've kind of developed a real niche for myself in the art of fly tying um, in that I tie flies that not a lot of other people do, and I've gotten really good at it. Um, and in that small little, like, corner of the world, I, 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 I carry a little bit of weight, but it's not that big of a deal because it's in a really small corner of the world that no one ever goes by. Uh, it's like, you know, Delaware. Um, so, <laughs> like, uh and you know it's a it's a cool pastime uh i like the creative side in it i get really um it's kind of where i can let some creative juices fly a little bit uh when i'm not so busy with filling customer orders and things like that and now i'm starting to pass it on to my kids and uh so greatlakesfly.com greatlakesfly on instagram we see some pretty cool pictures uh of not only the flies themselves but of the uh the fish that they catch like i just i just posted my most recent post that i did the other day uh i've been tying these musky flies for 11 11 ish years maybe a little more than 11 years and i've always been able to pretty customize colors to whatever a customer wants and i got a new color request this week or not this week that I just tied from an order from, from a couple weeks ago that uh, I, I posted and it was like, I've never seen that color combo before. And I, you know, had to go back and think that, yeah, I've been doing this for 11 years now. So I've had the site up and wow. running. Was, was it something that you hadn't thought of or is there a certain, were they fishing in it, a really weird spot? What was the deal? It's just, it's just an odd, like combo. It was two really bright colors and like gray. Like a pale gray. I was like, okay, I can do it if that's what you want. The guy was really excited to get him. So he's like, these look great. Where do you want the tattoo? I can put it there. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, far out, man. Well, good for you. All right. Uh, Mark. Mark, anything interesting in your world, social media wise? Do you you follow a lot of design stuff on social media? Or are you you heavy in social media at all? Um, Not, again, like, not too um, probably more lately just with, um, some LinkedIn stuff, but, yeah. um, I'm not real big into social media. Um, but That's a sensible I, I mean, in my, yeah. And with what's going on with, with, in my kind of realm, what I see a lot of is just the company's rebranding and, and being just more on point with today's messages, meaning, you know, what we're seeing in the world and people having to adapt and companies having to change and, whether it's, you know, changing their, their, their logos or, or adding, you know, we support this, we support that. There's a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see when I look at social media, because those type of things pop out at me. Right. Um, so. 
Yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe one day we'll chat about kind of the, uh, the maybe I don't know brand implications, but what it what it uh, what it would actually take to move the needle on changing a uh, an established brand for looking color and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, hmm. or just well, adding I, colors like uh, it kind of I guess maybe dovetails like you were saying with. Uh, I'm gonna I was gonna say Larry King, but uh, <laughs> with Eli, <laughs> with Eli. You know, and he's talking about, you know, just different colors being brought together. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And some brands have to do that when they're trying to include some of these other types of things. Anyway, good. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, gentlemen, I uh, I shared a couple articles with you. And I'd like to start with the one from, where is this from? It's from ClickOrlando.com, a recent article from about a week and a half, two weeks you- ago. You like Click Orlando. I believe what? I've received some articles from you from Click Orlando previously. <laughs> maybe it's just uh, maybe there's a Florida connection in there that really just kind of keeps the news interesting around learning stuff. I think it's I your know. love for Disney. <laughs> How dare you, sir? No, no, it's not. I'm pretty confident that it's not. Um, okay, so this one: Metallica scholarships help Valencia College students learn short-term job training skills this one was an obvious sort of uh, selection uh, because you don't see a lot of things for training and learning that include a band uh, let alone a band as big as metallica now uh, this one the, the gist of the article was and we'll include the 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 link in the show notes at mosby.ca slash zero two seven but the uh, the punchline is Metallica was going to donate um uh, presumably for a tax write-off a hundred thousand dollar <laughs> grant for uh, about 25 different student scholarships to enroll them in either a welding heavy equipment or mechanics program uh, which was pretty interesting uh, well, I think any, was any the initial best. Well, I think the best is that they chose those three programs. Yeah. The few, yeah, yeah. It was like I think they just donated the money for this, and then the the college actually thought welding, megatronics, and heavy equipment. I loved how she said, just basically, they had to pick those because of a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. It just needed to be something to be. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yes, good. No, is uh, just a quick question. Does anybody have a cat with them? Well, I have a cat sitting right next to me. I'll yep. Get away. yep. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. That's a satisfied she's, cat right there, man. man. She's annoying. She's the yeah. office cat for the farm, and she like she oh, just she's magnetized to people. Away. So she was. I was. I had her like at like arm's length, and that's still how loud she was. <laughs> that sounds like a sturdy cat. <laughs> she's sturdy. She fends off raccoons. <laughs> Oh yeah, I believe that man. Um, one of the uh, the interesting things that uh, that I found in here was um, who do we have here? What you want to talk about the cat war or what? No, no, no. Interesting things. Carolyn Mc. Interesting things. Yeah, well, there was not not entirely interesting, but some of them anyways. Uh, Carolyn McMorrin, uh, the assistant VP of professional continuing education, said that in less than five months, students will learn the skills they need to get high paying jobs in industries that are in high, high demand. And we already kind of touched on them. They're, they're kind of uh, they're hands on sort of working with metal. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the gist of it. Right. And we've seen a few articles in our past about how. There's either uh, there's maybe a, something that needs to be a refocus on skilled trades, mm-hmm. or there's always seems to be a need for skilled trades. Like there's always there's always something, and I'm wondering, are, are is there ever going to be a scale that tips back in the skilled trade direction, uh, or, or what is it going to take to see more? Yeah, b- b- but like, is it because we're going to have to rebuild America or? There was two things that jumped to mind when I was reading this article. Number one, like first, you know, reading about like, oh, this is really cool. And then I was thinking about uh, the Mike Rowe Works project where he put together a scholarship program for people to do um, skilled trades for, you know, he did his dirty jobs gig. And then he created this Mm -hmm. scholarship program very similar to this um, that he created in this organization, Mike Rowe Works, which is pretty outstanding. And, um, I would say probably within the last 14 days, it barely popped up in the news cycle, but 
uh, out of the White House, they had a program like this, too, where they were talking about, you know, for for folks to uh, as an option to not go to college, to go ahead and get sealed trades. And they're trying to put that on the map. And I thought, uh, you know, those are the things that, uh, you know, Mike Rowe used to talk about all the time with about how there's jobs on the table out there, 80, you know, where you can be making 80 to a hundred and $120,000 within five years doing a skilled trades job, whether it be yeah. a mechanic with Caterpillar or, um, you know, any of those jobs, right? Like that. And they just don't yeah. have the resource pool to, to, you know, I'm one, there weren't enough people getting trained for it, but there also weren't go back to the marketing thing, right? That we're talking about, they're not marketing these jobs to find them. Everybody thinks, oh, you have to go to school. Um, I don't have that, or you have to go to college. I don't have that uh, opinion. I think if everybody has a college degree, they're worthless, but um, they, they, they devalue. The more somebody has something, that devalues it. So uh, I think that a diverse economy is going to have people who are in skilled trades. So... Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool. And, and it seems like oh, it's it's dynamite. You've got um yeah, you've got well in this instance young people. I don't know if they say what. I think they're currently students, right? Uh yeah, so they're they're there's scholarships going to students. So it's not like you have to build off of a lifetime of experience and two previous degrees to have a success. Like you can you could start from more or less square one focus for uh, half of a year and then boom, you start a career into something successful. And I think that there's a lot of people that could benefit from a set of circumstances like that. You know, even if they don't get a scholarship, I mean, if they can get solid footing on, uh, on, on some sort of trade, there's a lot of people that can get a, a nice bump up there. Uh, all right. Yeah. What, what did I miss about that article or what thoughts do you guys have that I have uh, not, uh, we, we haven't covered yet. Uh, I was just going to say, I really like the fact of, how they're saying it's, you know, it's a five month, I think basically or somewhat a five month kind of accelerated program. So, and even the one gentleman they interviewed, I believe that he was doing other stuff. And I just like the fact that this guy can, you know, in a time where he might have a job, he's trying to support his kids and family. And mm -hmm. he can kind of in five months in this, you know, current is not as long as, you know, if I wanted to change careers, it could take me, you know, a couple of years, depending on oh, yeah. what it might be. So yeah. for five, five months to be able to kind of, re kind of course correct a little bit right and course correct just change your your career path that's that's pretty that's pretty cool and uh i like that that was that was part of it now let me ask you both uh mark i'll stick with you for a second um mm -hmm. what band would it take for you to say yeah i'm mm. gonna switch career paths what band is that for you what musical oh. collective um limp biscuit Really? I don't even know. Whoa. I'm just joke. I don't even know why that came to mind. I was trying to. I was trying I to think of something. That. I was trying to think of something as obscure and old as possible. Um, yeah, Metallica could do it, um, but uh, I'm kind of more of an '80s junkie, so I'm gonna go with like you know Journey or something like that. If I had to, had to say some band that would speak to me. <laughs> there you go. I like Journey. No. Journey's all right. Yeah, Mr. Brandt, how about you? Uh, Ace of Bass. Ooh, <laughs> thank you thank you for doing something i was trying to do <laughs> that or savage like garden works things oh, something sign based savage yeah. garden i i will I say i do like how they ended that big um, country that article with nothing else <laughs> big, i like how they ended that the, the article or the the video with nothing else matters but helping kids succeed i did like that kind of play on the on the words i don't know if you caught that or not but i, I was I glad they didn't play that. the video <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. Um, all right, I'm glad. See, this no, is why video, you have like, more the, than the, one the person. The music video for the song "Nothing Else Matters." Oh, I don't think I've seen that. See, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I've listened to Metallica, but I wasn't like heavy into them. It was, was it heavy on the rotation on, uh, on MTV. It had, it was like it was uh, them recording in studio, yeah. and then all of them they had all kinds mm -hmm. of uh, of. Uh, of pictures of women uh, scantily clad, if clad at all, and all the images uh -oh. were blurred out in the video. Like they like went through and blurred them Good out, Lord. like in the video. That's probably frowned upon in this day and age. Probably everything's frowned um, upon in this day and age. Probably <laughs> no fun for everybody. <laughs> sure anyway. is. Yeah, twenty twenty is canceled. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> I, if if there was one thing that could be canceled, could it be twenty twenty? 
God. Like, okay. So uh, no, I don't even want to get in what's going to happen next year because it's, I don't you know, I don't even know. Uh, let's move on to article number two, which is from the, it's not as well known as clickorlando.com. This is ljworld.com, uh, which stands for Lawrence Journal World. But um, not too far so this from is, Topeka, uh, it's Kansas. A, uh, that's right. Ooh. This is out of this is out of Kansas, uh, Lawrence here, and this article. Uh, Kansas teachers will get little required training on how to run classrooms online. Now, there is a distinction between running a virtual session like a webinar, and uh, I think the things that would be required for running a classroom online. But I think there's a lot of overlap between those two things. Um, and all of us have children. I think that's still correct, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The multiplying yeah, is tough right now, but yeah. Well, so it's interesting you say that it's tough right now, Mark, because I want to get to a quote in the article in a minute that uh, that might be a little tone deaf, but uh, but, but let's move on to uh, this. So here here's the punchline in, in Kansas, and this is just from where the article is. It, it really doesn't have much to do with the content specifically, but the punchline is, yeah, here are these teachers that are going to be going back in the fall and. I mean, it's going to be different all over the place, right? But some of them are going to be teaching possibly full-time in classroom, certainly possible. Who knows if it's going to happen? Others are going to be either full-time virtual or a blend therein. That seems to be, well, those are the only three options. So here we have a situation where they're, they're kind of highlighting in this article that we've got these teachers that the, the season didn't end like anybody would have expected last year. And now we've had this summer where everything's kind of upside down and on its head. And, um, and now we're going into a fall and we still don't know what that's going to look like. But it seems as though because of contracts and teachers unions that the uh, there's been very little ways for, I guess, the the, the powers that be to get train uh, to get training to get the appropriate training to teachers. Like the way that everything works, the way that the agreements have worked, there's a very finite window uh, to get teachers to scale up on the things that we're pretty confident they're going to need going forward. Does that seem about right for a summary of the article, gentlemen? Uh, Eli, I'll, I'll ask you first. Yeah, I mean. The thing that it like, it just seems as though uh, the lack of creativity and willingness to find a solution uh, is kind of evident in in the article to me. Um, I mean, I know that here in Michigan, they're like our school. My kids go to a charter school, but even the local uh, public schools are offering two options you want your kid to come to school they can if we want them to do learn virtually they can too like so they're splitting everything up i mean i don't i feel for the teachers in that um you know they went to all their their training up until this point was in-person learning right and then they got thrown a complete curveball six months ago five months ago and they had to learn on, on the fly, how to deliver the material. Um, and it's one thing, you know, to do what I do where I deliver, you know, a, a specific subject for an hour to 90 minutes. And, you know, I've rehearsed it. I know it, but then, okay, do this curriculum where everything's changing every day, right? This is ongoing curriculum that's changing every day. That's something else. And the thing that I don't think it talked about enough is on the other side of the, of the projection, right, of the, of the monitor, is these kids went from being being in the classroom, right, to being, okay, now you're going to go to your new remote college. All the while, you hear on the news that the world's coming apart. Like, okay, good luck. Good luck. But also, a kid's learning style gets flipped on its ear. They don't know what to do um, on the other side of that. But even if, like, for up here in Michigan, most schools are offering in-person and virtual. So now you've got teachers that are like, okay, what do we do? Or anything in between, like they got to know on a dime that things are going to change. Like this is, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like we just need to pick a direction and go and just commit to it or else. Cause if you, it, it, the kids are going to suffer. 
either you commit fully to doing things online or you commit to doing things in person until it, it, unless it gets so bad that you have to bail. But we don't even know what that looks like. Right. So I just think that it, it's we're running against the tide um, no matter what direction we go in, if we're going in two directions at the same time. Yeah, t- teachers uh, and you know to their credit they they really got railroaded. We all got railroaded, but they're well, I don't know. Did we all get equally railroaded? Possibly. The uh, the way that things changed in the spring though. So that was messed up. And that I think was nobody was prepared for that at all. Uh, and it was a hot mess top to bottom. And it really depended on the age of your kids, how big of a deal this was for you uh, or, or how big of a challenge. You know, if you've got a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, they could probably do the distance stuff without too much trouble. And you're probably going to have to help them with with calculus or trigonometry or history or whatever. Uh, I have a five-year-old and I got an 18-month-old. Now, the five-year-old, we honestly, I think he was in his class, like Zoom session, maybe twice, maybe twice. Uh, Both times were complete chaos, and it was more work for me and my wife to try to coordinate him to be there to log in on time and figure out the three platforms that they tried to slap together to solve the problem then he was going to get benefit out of that. So it just didn't really happen. You know, we kind of figured stuff out on our end, but that's the spring. And then we have this four-month gap until September. And you're right. We don't know what that's going to look like. But there's a lot of opportunity to prepare for different avenues between, you know, April or, or June or May or whatever, and then August, September. So there's there's ample time to kind of try to get ducks in a row there. Uh, and yeah, like you said, come up with a plan for whatever the hell that looks like for this set of circumstances, which are bonkers. They're bonkers no matter what, you know. Um, now, as far as how people prepared, now here is here is uh, this is kind of an eyebrow razor here, and this is a quote from Teresa Kaufman, a professor of education at the university in Mary Washington. <sighs> okay, this isn't her quote. I'm just going to read this from the start. Um, all, uh, what is this? After the sudden shift on, I shouldn't have used a green fricking highlighter. So I usually use pink and I can read it perfectly, but I went with green. Now it's hard to read. Uh, after the sudden shift to online classes in March, more training is the last thing some Kansas teachers are thinking. Instead, they've been using their summer vacation time to decompress. This has been a very, oh, sorry, this has been an extremely stressful time, said Teresa Kaufman, a professor of education at the University of Mary Washington. Continuing the quote, teachers need a little break. My good God. Um, <laughs> That's what I was talking about. It's like they, they, they didn't see, like you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Speechless, <laughs> actually speechless. Like, it's, it's just so bonkers to, 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 to say, you know what? Gosh, it was really hard on teachers. They just needed three months to decompress. Uh, hang on a goddamn second because everybody got railroaded by this thing, especially the people that had to work two full-time jobs and deal with the kids that are normally somewhere else for nine hours a day. You know? Oh, God. This just drove me up the freaking wall. Yeah, it, that, that's what I was meaning um, for in the beginning. Like, there were solutions and people didn't, they didn't either want to or yeah, they didn't try real hard to to try and try and figure out of it. And that's one part of the problem. The other problem part of the problem is like if you're trying to if, if we've got this short window, right, to prepare for to get the make the best of the situation for the kids and the education, yeah. then you just gotta pick yeah. one road and go with it. Like you're either going online yeah. or you're going in class and like <clears throat> there's gonna be spilled paint on the floor and holes in the drywall, but you gotta just go. And you just got to yeah. commit to one of those because that's what's going to get you the best results. If you're trying to split hairs or trying to play both sides, my theory on multitasking forever is if you're not putting all your focus on one thing, you're doing two things pretty shittily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not, shittily, you know, not sh- shittily, to, shittily. Not, <laughs> shittily. That's a good, yeah. not to get too, I'm not trying to get too political or anything, but, you know, exactly what you're, I feel bad for the kids. I mean, exactly what you're saying is that you pick one one way and you go with it but when we haven't i mean 
we've been more concerned with how we're going to open up bars and restaurants and not concerning about our kids and not, mm. you know, what, what, what's going to happen to them. I mean, yeah, these ki- these these teachers in a lot of places have had three months off and they don't they still don't know to this day with school starting in what a month or so which way they're going. Are they doing all online? Are they doing in person? Are they doing from home? So not to play devil's advocate, not to side with teachers, but in somewhat I am, you know, it's like, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing either. You know? Well, you know what's more interesting than that? Like, they have been talking about school. They've been talking about whether they're going to play high school football in the fall or not. That's the only thing I've heard, like, most thing I've heard about school. It's like, oh, this a national like national conversation. Like, well, California is 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 pivoting and, and moving California football till uh, till late in the till winter, right? And then, well, Florida and Georgia they're going to go right ahead with it in September. Michigan's going to go ahead with it in, in September. Um, you know, and others like why why are we even having football? Like, until you know whether, whether you're going to have how you're going to do the school part first. Then you have football. I played high school football. I love football. Football's amazing. But, like, and, and football is part of normalcy. And and I responded to a survey at school uh, saying, like, that me and my wife will do whatever we can to help uh, help the school get off to, to return some normalcy to these kids' lives. But you got to get the school. The school's got to be first. Like they missed out on so much education at the end of last year. Even the kids that did good did bad because it was just a mess. So yeah, even in the article, it says, you know, at the end of the year last year, they weren't really held responsible for much. You know, it was kind of more lax. It was just kind of, even Mike, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as Dan having a, I have a four and six year old. The four is not in school yet, but my six year old was in kindergarten and, not that, that they did much, but at the end of the school year, it was just like, it was pass or fail. I mean, and that's kind of already how I think yeah. kindergarten might be. But even for some of those younger classes, it was just, you know, it, it was a tough situation. So it was just pass or fail. And it's, it, we, we got to do more than that. You know, it, yeah, it I saw the scenario just, that, that Dan talked about with where I've got a four at fourth grader, right? And again, kindergarten, mm-hmm. kindergarten was a freaking disaster. Like my kid missed out on a lot. Um, not having yeah. that that in person in person teaching where my uh, my ten year old he was autonomous right he he'd log in in the morning he'd do his work uh, partly because the faster he got his schoolwork done the faster he could go out and on the farm but um, it's uh, you know he had a goal to get his work done uh, that was outside of school uh, so that kind of helped keep him motivated but he. You know, he'd have a little bit of help from me or, or my wife, and you know, he was pretty much on his own. But the the six year old trying to be a kindergarten teacher when you both have full time jobs, uh, no. it just it just no. did not work really well. Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen. I think uh, I think we have said our piece about that. You know, what we didn't actually talk about. There's no poem. This is what I was talking about, Mark. Uh, no, there's no poem. There's, this is a light Mosby. It's a, well, except for the content, it's a light Mosby. The um, we didn't really talk about training. So, what do you think is, a, is appropriate training to gear up teachers to do a full time, like virtual thing? If they had to, if that was the path that they had to walk down, how much time do you think is required for them to actually get tooled up on the skills and the the ideas? Well, not a week's worth of time. I'll tell you that much. I mean, well, if you can learn how to do uh, like heavy duty welding in five months. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Let's if, say if they month. were doing stuff, yeah, if they had direction in the beginning, of the summer, I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, they had the contracts and they need time to press. I understand all that, but I mean, come on, we're all, I mean, I, I, I still, you know, doing zooms every day with people who have been doing zooms for the last couple of years and they can't figure out how to mute somebody or do this or do that. I mean, <laughs> you know, oh, and, and I'm not, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, teachers aren't technology, you know, technically or technology driven. I mean, there's, it just seems like I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but you know, you also have a lot of some of these teachers who are 50, 60 years plus, you know, maybe technology isn't their, their, their best suit. They might not even be able to, figure out FaceTime real well or something, you know? So to, it's such a short amount of time to expect some of these teachers to be able to do this right yeah. and do it well. Uh, it's, 
It, it's sad that they've only had in in this situation that we're reading in Kansas. They're they're only going to be going to school a couple days early to kind of learn, you know, the correct way to do this. It just, I'm sorry, it just doesn't seem. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'll let you guys. That, so you you guys are do do more of this. Oh, oh that's my piece. I'll let you guys kind of. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's why you're here. The, the good thing is, is like as a teacher, the job itself at its root is the same, right? Like they're not learning a brand new, brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just getting a new attachment to the skills they already have, right? So like presentation skills, how are those presentation skills going to be different? That would be one area I'd focus on. Um, specifically engagement for online learning where it's, yeah. you know, how do you read the room? What do you do? Um, and then adapting lessons. Like, how do I take this lesson that I would teach in class, right? And how do I make it to a virtual class? But the other idea that I heard that I I would love to have seen it in this article was instead <laughs> of having everybody attend via Zoom, you bring the kids to the classroom and you Zoom the teacher in. Ooh. With... Yeah maybe a teacher's aide or someone who is in college to be a fresh out of college, like a young student, like proctoring in the classroom. And if that teacher doesn't want to come to school, zoom them in. That way the kids are together. They're working. The class, the teacher can see the entire classroom all at once. And the classroom is functioning as normally as you can during a pandemic. Right. Um, But that brings some normalcy. That way you don't have to manage all those different mute mics. Right. You don't have to have 30 yep. kids like unputing, like uh, grabbing the annotation tool and um, the <laughs> mute buttons and all that type of stuff. So, uh, I mean, we've all had an annotation tool go get, get away from us while teaching a class. But um, <laughs> seen that, yeah. <laughs> some, some creative drawings. You know what? There was, there was one specifically, and it wasn't even offensive. It was just funny. There was, uh, I was in a, uh, I was in a session by uh, Ray Jimenez. I don't know if you know the name, uh, Eli. Ray. He, he's got his own brand. He, he, and he's got kind of an interesting history. He's a, an old NASA learned, like he did learning stuff at NASA, and um, so he hosts a lot of kind of micro learning based webinars. And he's got a whole, whole industry unto himself. And there was somebody that kept stealing the annotation tool and making like a, a smiley face with glasses on there. And, and, and like every time he's like, okay, everybody go to, and you put a dot on the square. That means this to you. And this guy would just, or gal would just go in and do this like glasses, smiley face person. And I think it was because Ray himself wore glasses. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was just funny. Cause it's like every time I'm like, God damn it, Ray, stop doing these activities. <laughs> you know, better. it was funny Uh, anyways okay if you have thoughts if you have a solution to this problem i don't know tell your governor or something and email us at mosby learning at gmail.com and uh i'll see if adam's still watching that oh uh i just say can i can i just say that i love that kind of different thinking that eli just said about flipping it and having yeah. I, 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 just thinking it's not that my way. Idea. Is I stole lacking. it from somebody, but yeah, I agree. Well, uh, we will cut that out too, and you can just say it is your idea. Because I mean, that's, <laughs> I just, I just love the fact that you know to think that why not have the kids there, especially for kids like our, like like Dan. You know, like that's the one yeah. thing I miss the most is my my son every day is just wanting to be with kids again. I mean, he's yeah, six years old, seven tough. years old, so tough. Want to be with kids, so bring the kids to school if you want to go that route and have the teachers zoom in. I think that's just like a a fresh and a kind of just a different way of looking at that you don't hear a lot. So whether or not it was yeah. your idea or not, I just love that kind of thinking. I'm pretty sure it was. Want to say, yeah, it was Eli, yeah, that was Eli Barant uh, original <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mosby.ca slash zero two seven. You get links for both of those articles. Should you care to read more about them or what's going on in uh, in Lawrence, Kansas? Uh, and now to the the main event here, uh, Mark. Vonderhorst. Now, Mark, interesting thing about you, your name is spelt with a C, M-A-R-C. That's the only interesting thing about me, actually. Was that, I think, well, it's, you know, I almost say it like regretfully. Was that mm-hmm. challenging for you as a child or? or? Um, you did say my last name, right? Which was Vonderhorst. <laughs> You're so, right. You buried the lead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark with a C was no big deal because I didn't. <laughs> 
If you could see, at least you could say Mark, you know, if you, the Vonderhorst <laughs> is where people are just like, Vondenschlagen? No, yeah. no, that's, that's not it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't too big of a deal. The last name is where, uh, that's where I get mad at my dad about, I guess. Not the first name. Sounds like you're from West Michigan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like you're from Grand Rapids. Yeah, there's a lot is of Dutch out there. Eh? That Dutch sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So, okay, so you're, but you're, you are a heavy design guy, um, uh, and it, always really interesting to kind of see the things that you're working on and, and the problems that you're solving. But uh, when it comes to creating training materials, learning materials, like we have to interact with design, we have to, yeah. and and sometimes we do it very, very poorly. Now, I was hoping maybe you could shed some light on just some real basic foundations, like what are the fundamentals? If I if I'm looking at a blank four by three or 16 by nine slide. Um, what are the considerations that I should think about when I'm trying to make it both appealing and informative? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I've done a lot of, you know, I've done a lot of PowerPoint keynote type of stuff in my day. And I think it's the, the biggest thing that I've always, that I have to fight it seems every time I'm designing something for some presentation or some keynote or some whatever, it's just less is really more, you know? Um, now, most of the times, even, you know, you're, you're going to be, I'm, I'm guessing with your, your situation, you're just speaking to the PowerPoint slide, right? Uh, it, you don't need to have everything in the kitchen sink on there. You need to have less, you need bullet points. You want to make sure that the stuff there is simple because, you know, people are drawn to simplicity, you know, um, more impact, less, you know, less distractions. You have a lot of stuff on there. People don't know where to look. Mm. People don't know what they're, you know, what, what to do because you're speaking to it. You just want your main points to be there. Um, so overall, I just know in the past when it comes to PowerPoint design, normally everybody wants everything, including the kitchen. Sorry for the horrible analogy, but everything in the kitchen sink on there. So the top one is just, Less is more, you know, uh, I think that's, you can see they will just how you know, some of the top brands in the world do things. Um, not that I want to, uh, I hate to say Apple and these, but these types of brands, you know, it's, it's simple, it's clean. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of other things they do that are good. Um, you know, consistency, simplicity, uh, you know, making sure you have a, a, a nice clean hierarchy and it's always always kind of echoes back to the cleanness and the simplicity but hierarchy making sure your things are or you know um when you use your fonts and and all that type of stuff have a clean hierarchy that's the same on every page all right that, so hang on know, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, stop sorry, you there good no yeah. no i you, you unpacked a lot or, or i want to unpack a couple of things that you said even though that's a douchey <clears> thing to suggest we unpack a thing uh you know Please what do. i also like to i'd like <laughs> to outlaw the word conversation i tried to do that on like episode three of mosby and nobody paid attention to this everybody like they just want everyone wants to have that was pretty eli it was it yeah um well now I'm I'm, re, I'm relighting that fire, but let's talk about hierarchy for a second because that's uh, that's one of those things that I think a lot of people it's usually <laughs> represented by sub bullets, and those bullets take the form of a, an empty square or a check mark. Um, but there's really maybe not much distinction to those things. How, what, what is a good way that you can suggest or any guidance? This is fun to, to talking about design, visual design stuff on an audio format, mm -hmm. but what are some good things to consider, uh, to draw a visual hierarchy or to really like send home the visual, visual hierarchy of, of ideas and maybe even tell me for a second, what do you mean by hierarchy? Let's start there. Oh uh, yeah, well, setting up a good hierarchy just kind of organize what you're organizes what you're talking about. So, um, making sure that you're you know like the size and position placement of stuff. So, if your main header, for instance, it needs to be the same size in the same position on every slide. At least that's yeah. I mean, if you're talking, I guess I'm more of a corporate type of designer, and I'm uh, you know, I know there's definitely way you know with the design and art there you know you can always. Um, break the the norm and and all that, but when you're talking about, I think the slides. I think that we're probably talking about. Um, you know, you want to make sure that people know where to look, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, you go to the next slide. You don't want your header to be a different size, a different font, and a different location. You want it to be in the same place, same size, same font. 
so people know what they're looking at. They know that's the title of the slide, for instance. And then, you know, the subhead, it kind of it follows that. The subhead and the same thing. Use the same bullets, even. Don't use squares on one side and, mm. and you know, little circles on the other. But it, that's the hierarchy, I mean, is that having a correct size, position, um, like the space, kind of where they are, the, the elements, the text that you're using are the same. And then color and contrast. So you have, you know, normally most people do a header in bold. Your subheader might be in, um, you know, I'm just going to italic or something. And then um, underneath that, your, your your bullets are maybe a little, you know, a, 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 not a bold font, but then also a little smaller. Just so you have that clean distinction of what you're looking at and, and how the reader is supposed to read it. Um, so that kind of gives you that contrast, too. Does, does, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Uh, it does. Yeah. So the contrast yeah. is an interesting thing. That's... Um... That, that's a, there was a book that I read and I just got it for a friend of mine at work. I think it's called the non-designers design book. And, and I have that. do you have that? Oh, it's, yeah. You recommended it to is, me and I, and I, I, I mistakenly said, you know what? I'll read this. I'll read this when I'm at home, when with the baby, when the baby comes home, <laughs> <laughs> how'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's still in quarantine at my queue, but we're at the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when you do get a chance to read that book, that was really foundational for me to, to understand how to build a slide because it, there's, I think there's um, uh, consistency. Um, damn it. There's four of them and they spell crap. I think uh, repetitions, one of them con oh, contrast repetition. Audience uh, maybe. No, I'm trying to think of knowing, who, knowing who you're designing for alignment. You know? I think alignment, oh, alignment was one yes. of them, and P. That's, I don't can't remember what P was for. Position P or something. Pizzazz, probably pizzazz. Pizzazz. Yeah, yeah I never read obviously. that book. I've heard of it. Well, but for, I, for yeah. I mean, a guy like you wouldn't need it. Uh, <laughs> guys like me and Eli, we we well, can maybe I do. pull a lot out of that. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe yeah. you can brush up a little bit. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of an interesting thing that you said, and you said it a couple times in there. You said. Um, for, so people can know where to look. So do you ever consider it? So you're changing from slide to slide mm -hmm. and, and what's, is there a good way to get people to shift where to look or, or should, should we always stay consistent or, 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 or should we hit them with something completely different every now and then to surprise them and keep them guessing? No, I think that's actually good. But I, uh, going back to that hierarchy, I mean, again, if, if your first three slides, let's just say has, um, you know, your, your, your headers in, uh, Arial bold 14 font, not to get to, you know, 14 point, you know, that's, so you're already, you know, kind of making that known to people that that's what it looks like to be the header. So then if you shift that header to be say, right, justified, or maybe it's towards the bottom of the page or, or the slide, I, it's still, you're already creating that hierarchy, meaning that every time you see a slide, you know, that you know, that big, bold text and aerial bold, that's your header. So as long as you, you kind of establish that, then you're establishing your hierarchy and then you can move it. I don't want to say anywhere, but you can, you can be more playful. You can kind of do different things with it and people are still going to be able to respond and understand and be able to easily transition to that new position fairly easy. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I do. Uh, okay, let, let me ask you. Now you had mentioned uh, you'd mentioned Arial uh, fourteen point font oh, there for a second. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. I, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, are are there fonts that you kind of and I guess I should clarify: are there Microsoft like generic fonts uh, that you kind of lean towards, or do you do a lot of like specialized custom fonts? Comic Sans. You know, you know what? When we're talking, yeah, Comic Sans <laughs> is a big one. Um, Paprius Impact. Papri Paprius Impact. Paprius. Um, pap, pap, yeah, Paprius. Well, and if anybody knows, you know what Paprius is actually the font for, um, what's the name of that? I can't, damn it, why can't I remember the name of the movie? Uh, the one with not the blue. Pandora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the it's, it's the Pandora one, but it's not that. It's called. Um, no, yeah, the one with the blue alien, the blue, not Pandora. Is it Pandora? Avatar. Avatar. Avatar, thank you. Um, well, that's, you know, you make, you make a great point because I've run into that in the past, even just as, as, as soon as, or as, you know, three or four years ago, where the company I was working for, um, again, not to geek out too much on font stuff, but our, our brand font was, um, was accidents grotesque. Um, it's just AG is what people call it. But anyway, 
we were using it everywhere. You put that font in a PowerPoint, looks fine. You say, I send that to you, Dan. You don't have AG on your on your machine, and it just completely gets screwed up. You don't know what you're looking at sometimes. I mean, fonts, you know, it just goes crazy. So when you're doing something that you know is going to be shared, if it's inside your organization and it's your brand, and you know that everybody has that brand font, whether it's AG, Comic Sans, or whatever on their machine, then you're good to go. But if you're sending it out to a client or sending it out to, you know, if you want to just share it, you know, on LinkedIn or here or there or through a podcast, you got to make sure that the font that you choose is something that comes standard on most, you know, Macs and PCs. And there's there's a handful of those that do that. That's the reason why I say Arial Helvetica is a good one. Um, I think in the universe and th- there's a couple ones out there, which a simple Google search you can find, but you want to keep it simple. And that kind of goes back to also the way you design it. You just want to go simple because you start doing these, you know, if you want to do some cool comic sans, <laughs> I can't believe I use cool and comic sans in the same <laughs> word. If you, want to use, if you want to use some cool, you know, like uh, handwritten font across the top of your, your thing. And, it, and I'm not saying it can't be done or it might not, you know, you can do it, but you you want to make sure. And I'm, I don't, again, not to get too much, but you want to make sure that you, put that is as an image and not as actual font, if you know what I mean. Like you want to, yeah. because you, you, it's just going to go crazy and people aren't going to see it. And it's just going it, to, the design is not going to be what you meant to be. Yeah. And on, on that note, like, you know, we, and, and when we're designing my team that I work with, we have a set of standards that we have that we, you know, we make sure that that header that you're talking about is in the same position and the same size, right? We make sure all, all those things you have, we, we hit on, we have those standards to make sure, just like you said, to make sure that they know, okay, this, I'm working with this company. Okay. This is how it's going to look. This is the, the, you know, I know where to find the stuff that I'm working with. I have a couple questions on what you said as far as um, that material. So as you're creating these things and, and looking for these things, do you do you not care about the audience? Like an audience of salespeople, I've worked in an organization in the past where they wanted the salespeople slides to, like, to be as busy as possible to keep them entertained. I thought it was Good God! Almost made me, almost made me throw up. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I came in and cleaned things up. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, let's keep it clean. Let's like, let's Nobody let's let's that. smooth this out. Nobody wants this. This is terrible. Um, but like, it does that matter? Like, do you? If it's going to salespeople, do you want it a certain way? Or if it's going to like rank and file, or uh, if it's going to executives, do you want do you want different things on slides, or do you try and keep things as consistent as possible? No, that's great. I mean, audience right there is definitely a very big. I mean, you need to know the audience. You got to know who you're designing for, who you're writing for. I mean, that's what design is. It's just a different form of communication. You use words. I use you know your words with cute little images and all that. But I think what I mean by simplicity is, I mean, I've seen in the past less is more where there's nothing wrong with breaking down, in my opinion, a slide into multiple slides instead of having, you know, I've seen people try to uh, try to fit a hundred year timeline on one slide. What will why? No one's going to be able to see that. No one knows where to look. Break down that 100 years into four slides. Take 25-year points. You can make a nice transition to where it, you know, transitions to the right. And it looks like you're following that kind of linear line across. And it gives this kind of nice visual, almost animation in a way, even though you're just doing it in PowerPoint. But then you can break that down those 100 years and still talk in the same amount of time. And still they still get the same information. But it's easier to digest when you have... 25 year segments instead of 100 years all in one so i think that's kind of what i mean by the simplicity um but definitely audience i mean every audience wants different things and we all know that i mean again we worked in you know in the in the corporate you know the corporate environment that i worked in every you know salespeople are different than the you know the the top execs down to you know different people want to see different things and they care about different stuff so you need to know your audience but how you put that information in there, what I mean by, you know, again, just to repeat, less is more. It's just you don't have to have everything on one slide. It, it, you can break it down into two, three, four slides 
A lot of people don't like that. They think that means, oh, my God, this is a 50-slide deck. But you know what? Those four or five slides that you yeah. broke down from one, you're going to go through in the same amount of time. It's just easier to digest. It's more visually appealing, and people will just respond to it better. Well, and like you said earlier, they'll know where to look because there are mm -hmm. less things on the one slide. So they're looking in one spot for that slide. You go to the next slide, they look in either the same spot, a different mm -hmm. spot, they're looking at the one thing. Yeah. yeah. And I've always had a, a longstanding policy that's whenever it comes into a conversation where it's like too much stuff on a slide, slides are free. Slides don't yeah, cost a goddamn exactly. thing. Just exactly. put it on the other slide. Slides That's are free, a, man. I love that. Slides yeah. are free. You got it. You got it. It just and, means uh, I'm charging the... you for another slide of design. That's how we got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't get what the reference you guys made about uh, about Avatar because I saw it the first time when it was called Fern Gully. For... <laughs> oh, Fern Gully. Yeah. I don't know yeah. the Fern Gully font. If that was, <laughs> Fern Gully um, you know, I, I, I did want to bring up the. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the uh, Mark, you may have seen the Helvetica documentary. Did you see that? Oh, that yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, yes. Uh, I don't want to go because I'll start geeking. Yes, I yeah. love Helvetica. <laughs> I think it's a great font, and I love that documentary. That was a cool documentary. Yeah, it's a cool story. <laughs> yeah, there was an um, article I read a while back. Right. There was some kid that found out that there was I forgot the name of the font, but he said if the government switched to this particular font, it would cut their printing costs by like thirty percent. I think I remember that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I, think we were, I think I may have shared. No. I think I may have shared that with you when we were working together. Yeah, that it, it does sound um, familiar. Yeah, I believe it. I believe I, it. Man. I heard that. I, I oh man, it's on the tip. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but I I remember hearing or reading about that too. It was some young kid too. It was, yeah, he was like he, he was, was like in yeah, high school, yeah, yeah. almost early teens, right? Yep. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. It might have been something as simple as it was probably a simple font too, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, he said like twenty to thirty percent of the same printing. That'd be something. Well, I mean, so is it because it, the font takes up less space, less visual yep. space, and then they can fit yep. more on a page? Yeah, that's the idea. Well, I think it was it, 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 the way it prints. It just doesn't use it as much ink. Yes, that's. I just I just googled it and I saw that uh, he figured that Garamond, Garamond, Garamond that's what it was. Yeah, you think I know how to Garamond? Uh, thinner strokes, this district could reduce its ink consumption by twenty four percent, and in turn save huh. as much as twenty one thousand dollars annually. And that's just for his school district so jesus wonder what that kid's doing today because if he could think of that that was in 2014 so now he's about 20 years old 21 he's ready to take over the world right yeah probably yeah. <laughs> i think i remember being a 21 year old and i was trying to take over the world yeah not not by a font though i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just brute force and drunken yeah, stupidity exactly. but yeah. yeah claiming yeah, that windsor pizza is fantastic <laughs> You know, I, I'm so sick of this, this Stop bullshit, it. because it is literally the best pizza in the world, and I get no respect for this. Hey, Dan, uh, my, my child's waking up. I got to go. Um, <laughs> she just doesn't want any part of this conversation. No. Again, I, I said I'm from Texas, but I'm from New Jersey originally. So, mm. you know, New York style pizza has a special place in my heart, and I don't want to hear anything unique. about Windsor. No, it's, it's unique. So, I'll, I'll slide with you on the dance. It's unique. <laughs> I respect uh, the fact that you guys have a lot of pizza in the, in the uh, eastern uh, eastern coast there. The All right, water. gentlemen. I think uh, I th maybe we'll have to have a pizza off one day. And I'm up for that. that's all. That's all I have to say about the matter, guys. I want to thank you so much for for hanging out with me tonight and uh, and sharing your thoughts on these things, Mark. Thank you especially for for joining yeah, the show for here. Me. Yeah. We'd love to have you back someday. Talk more about Garamond and Helvetica mm -hmm. and and all those fun things. Comic Sans, um, Comic yeah. Sans. You know, yeah. I think we should do a, a special just on Comic Sans. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, okay, sure. I'd love to be there. <laughs> all right, uh, Mark. If is is there a way that uh, you want anybody to uh, get in touch with you or a hold of you, or uh, are you just good with the way, way that the world is right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's not hard to find me with the name Mark with a C, Bonderhorst. Um, if you want, hit me up on there. Love to talk uh, shop with you. If it means design or 
whatever. So thanks. Yeah, I appreciate being here, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Eli, uh, also thank you, sir. Any Anywhere you want people to get a hold of you? Uh, Great Lakes Fly at, uh, at Instagram. And, uh, you know, you know, Mark, Mark with a C, you know, you, you're always taking, taking graph from, uh, from Jeffrey with a G. So, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, like I said, uh, show notes are at mosby.ca slash zero two seven. Uh, and if you want to send us an email, I mean, you can send us an email. I don't know if I'll see it, but you can send it. MosbyLearning at gmail.com. Check that out. And uh, music for this, which you can hear under my voice, is by Kevin McLeod. And you get his stuff, which is always very cool, at filmmusic.io. That, my friends, is the end of the show. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. I don't want to hear anything about Windsor. It's amazing.